Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to an all-new uh, Our Hometown podcast. Today, me and Mike have the pleasure of sitting down with Dell Shelstead. He's a county commissioner, and we're going to kind of just get his life story and some things that he's gone through that's made him a better person than the man he is today. Welcome, Dell. Hey, welcome. I appreciate you having me over here, Kyle. And uh, these kind of things are fun. I think, I think these kind of things are people love them because they're informational, and they're also um, any anytime you can get somebody from a uh, podcast to talk about community and and things that that you know we're going to talk about today. That's great. Yeah, and so that's the whole uh, thing I wanted to do with this podcast is really talk about communities, not just Gillette, but communities in America because there's a, there's so much turmoil and there's more things that we agree on and we're better for than we disagree and hate each other for. That's exactly right. Good point. And like especially now in this this uh, current political climate it's more important now than ever to come together and be americans be be a community be one yeah well absolutely if we want to keep america that we know uh, america that that we want it to be yep we have to come together yeah i totally agree with that uh so that talking with about our gillette in particular what is uh some of the strengths of gillette that you've seen what can we grow on that well uh, our community's been pretty diverse um since the late 50s um, when when they started uh, finding energy resources mm-hmm. here, oil first, then coal and gas and and even uranium, you know now there's things that they're they're talking about rare earth elements and different things. We we are energy minded, but we're still rooted in agriculture in a lot of ways. Um, a lot of ranching and things that happen in Campbell County that a lot of people put in the back burner. I think our strength is the fact that that we've taken a community and molded it into it is what it is. You know, I've had a lot of people in, in my political life tell me, you know, at some point, when do you throw the towel on on coal? Never. And I just say never. I, I, I never will. I, I think that, you know, I, I, I want to stand up and fight for coal, not say, here's the white flag, the war on coal's over, we're done. Yeah. No way, not ever. It's not my style. Right. Well, and the, the new technologies coming out just for coal itself is going to really prolong the life of coal. I don't think people quite understand what is the technology that's coming out for coal alone is what that's going to do for, the, no, that's for right. everybody. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, so what are some of the weaknesses then of Campbell County, Gillette? Well, I, I'll tell you. So one of the weaknesses is the fact that we, we live in a community that, you know, is, is really strong on energy, mm-hmm. which drives the, the job costs up. Not the job cost, but how much you pay an employee. Yep. So, you know, I hear all the time we need to diversify our economy. How can we do that in Campbell County? Because you're not going to be able to get companies in here that, you know, uh, people have said, why don't we have an Amazon facility here? Why don't we have, you know, call facilities and things like that? Those are jobs that are, you know, 15 to 17 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Campbell County right now you can you can go to work at Menards for 1975 a starting wage. Yeah, our minimum wage here in Calvin County is completely different than everybody else's. It, it, it is, and I I don't know that I would call that a weakness, but it's it's viewed as a weakness from a lot of outsiders. Well, I think that goes back to the pride of Campbell County and Gillette themselves. Like we're not going to sit back and work for 7.25 an hour for doing manual labor. Yeah, you see, because I, I spent a lot of time in uh, Decatur, Illinois, and those guys were making 20, 21 bucks an hour. They thought they were living in hog heaven. Yeah, know? that's right. Yep. And it's like you come down here, and our price of our living isn't that as bad, like say like Decatur, but you come down here where we're making thirty plus an hour doing the exact same job, and it's and a lot, you know a lot of people wonder why there's not a cat facility here when cat sells most of their equipment here in the basin, and it's just well it's cheaper for them to 
make it somewhere else and ship it here. That's right. That's exactly right. But I, and I take that back as more of it's uh, we take pride in our work, so we we expect a little bit more. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, and so be it. So I kind of view that as a strength myself. Right. Um, but a lot of people view that as a weakness, and as far as trying to diversify. So, uh, what are some of your greatest accomplishments to date, as as being a commissioner and being a dad and granddad and everything else? Well, I, I, I think my greatest accomplishment, obviously, family rooted stuff. I've, so, me and my wife have been married for thirty six mm-hmm. years. Um, when you when you go through special operations in the army. For a woman to stick with you through right. that's pretty remarkable. I was gone 300 days a year, somewhere in the world where my wife couldn't know where I was. She mm-hmm. couldn't talk to me on the phone, write me letters. That was stuff, you know. That and for a woman to stay with you, you know. And and Brittany was an army brat at that time, mm-hmm. my daughter. And I, I view my family as my number one accomplishment in life. You know, I think all the other things. I, I would say number two is just my military life. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I'd still be doing it today if I felt like my body could do it. Yeah. Um, and I like to think I'm pretty good shape, but I'll tell you what, that type of a lifestyle is, it takes a lot out of a person. It does. Yeah, I got a couple of buddies that from high school, they ended up joining, and I think one of them is in the National Guard, and another one is in uh, MIP, is that right? Yep. for the National Guard, yep. and they both don't have a family life, but they're also kind of like, they enjoy that, just being able to go roam around and soil the seeds, as one might say. Yeah, right, so I wanted to just point out, I, I don't view being a commissioner as an accomplishment in my life. Well, that's good. I don't, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm serving my first term that I'm elected for, I got elected in 2020, um, I was appointed before that. When I'm done, I'll have spent six years, and I'm done. You're done? Not running right? again? No. I, no, I did my time. I was one of those people that said I'm not going to bitch about things if I'm not willing to go out and, and serve and try to help. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a politician. And I, you know, I, people say, oh, yeah, you are. I said, I'm not. I'm just not. And I don't ha- view my life as politics at all. So with that, so what does leadership mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. I, so leadership is... You know, in, in the military world, you see a lot of people come and go, and really in the specialized part of the military that I was in, um, you, you really get to see all the real leaders. And it's, it's funny, when you get into the civilian world, leadership has a little different face. Um, people are put in leadership roles and expected to be leaders. In the military, you're, uh, when they recognize you as a leader, you become a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, Leadership is, I've always said, if you can take, um, for example, in my military unit, in my, in my SF team, you have, uh, you have the really good guys that are gung-ho, the Rambo types. You have the, the middle-of-the-road guys that are there, to, and they're good soldiers. Mm-hmm. And then you have a few that you say, yeah, they're probably not the best. If you can take that whole group and accomplish a mission, that's leadership to me. So how do you feel the leadership that we have now in Gillette and Campbell County? Um, good question. I, so I, I like the commission board we have now mm-hmm. um, I, because as a, as a board, our quorum is, you know, we, we, if you have three people that, that, that agree on one thing, um, you can get some things to, to change mm-hmm. and things to happen. We have that. Um, 
I'd, I wouldn't say I think all of the commissioners are are great, yeah. in my opinion. Um, city, the city council, I, it's hard for me to speak on that a lot because I'm not there every day, but mm -hmm. I, I will tell you that um, getting rid of Lulu and, and Pat Davidson was a cultural change for the city that yeah, I think I needed totally agree to happen. With that. Yep. And we'll see. I, yeah. you know, we'll see how this mayor race shakes out. Um, I, I like Shay. I do. I, I think Shay's a good dude. Yeah, he comes on um, later this afternoon with us. And and he, he's a friend of mine. I, I think Shay Shay has some passion. Um, it's gonna it's gonna really be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It's really fun this year, Kyle, to sit back and say, right. I'm not part of this election. I get to watch it all go down. Right. Right. So. We'll see. I and you know what? As as the chairman of the commissioners right now, it's not my place to pick and choose yeah. who I think should be there. I like our board now. Two of them are right, are running to be reelected. One of them is running to go be a, a state representative, and I'd like to see our two board members that are running right now be back on the board. We've done some good things, mm -hmm. um, but you know, there, there's also some good candidates running too. Yeah, really is so. So I guess uh, let's. Continue on, how do you feel about the state? How is our leadership at the state? I, I'll tell you. So during the pandemic, um, I was anti-Governor Gordon. Mm -hmm. I really was. I, th I thought there were some mistakes made. Um, he's really done better since then. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got to know him pretty good. Um, right now, who, who's, who's running is not going to beat him, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I can I think, see that too. Yeah. I think Governor Gordon just got too much power there, and and well, we really, could have a lot worse governor. I will tell you that. Yeah, we could. Yeah, he really turned that frown upside down with the whole tyrannical takeover of the federal government and state governments. I was really kind of disappointed in state of Wyoming as as much of a conservative libertarian state that we are that we really allowed that to happen. Yeah, but you, you know, I'll tell you, and I, I was during the pandemic, I was very outspoken. Right, yep, yep. I. Uh, I was actually in Mexico when they shut down everything. Oh, really? On a vacation. And when I came home, I, it was weird because I got landed in the Denver airport and there was nobody there. It was like the apocalypse, right? Strange. That's not always a terrible thing for the Denver airport. No, though. that's right. You're right. <laughs> but it's weird, right? Yeah. It, was, it was odd. But me and my wife were driving into town and, um, you know, we, we have businesses. She works in the medical field. So we said, what's... It's our first step here. So she called the hospital and said, hey, we've been to Mexico. Should we, do we need to be tested before we go back to work? And they said, well, do you have any symptoms? We said, no. They said, you're fine. All of a sudden, I realized the restaurants and the bars are closed and yep. people are losing their livelihoods. And I started speaking out against that. I said, it's not right. Exactly. Um, the government's job is to not take care of our health. Yep. You know, the government makes a lot of assertions that, that your health is your own business. They made laws saying that HIPAA could not be violated because of, of it's your rights. Right. Yet the federal government was trying to take over our health rights themselves. And I, it was wrong. I totally agree with that. That was, uh, I think that's one thing that this day and age, when we look back at it, hopefully we learned our lesson to like, when to, to recognize when our rights and our liberties are being stepped on and crushed. You know, there, that's, uh, that's a pretty big thing for us to allow a few people, a few elected people to have that much power. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely right. The government is supposed to be of the people, By which the people. means 
normal day people, everyday people like you and I yep. should be able to participate in the government and make decisions and then get out and, and for the people, right? Which means every action that we take, if it doesn't promote our people, mm-hmm. it's wrong, yep. in my opinion. I so, totally agree. Well, let's take this to a different direction. Uh, what is your childhood story and uh, how has that made you who you are today? Who is something that's impacted you kind of thing? Well, I, I, so I just lost my dad here about a week and a half ago, and I'll tell you the most impactful person in my life. Um, I'm a Christian, too, and, and you know, so, so my personal relationship with God is important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the single biggest thing in, in a Christian's life, but my dad impacted my life. And, um, you know, I grew up, I was born in Gillette. I was raised here. I was gone when I was in the military, but I came back, and... Um, I value this community, and, and as it, it's helped me grow as an individual. But my military career was life-changing for me. I got out of high school. I was a punk kid, thought I had the world by the ass. Yeah. I didn't. Um, got in the military, found out my, my then-girlfriend, which is now my wife, Nicole, was pregnant with Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't married. I didn't have a job. I was scared to death. I joined the Army, best thing I ever did. Heck yeah. Yeah, it, it taught me to be a man and to, and to stand up for what I believe in. And, you know, we talk about a lot about liberties and rights. Mm-hmm. When you're a soldier, that's, you're watching guys die for that. Exactly. And I take that absolutely seriously. So uh, how far did you go into the military? Like, I guess, what, what was your end of rank when you retired? So, uh, so when I got out um, in my my. ETS date or my date after my inactive reserve time. Mm-hmm. So when you when you serve active army, you you have to you're on basically on call for a, another set of four years. Okay. Um, so I was an E8 when I got out. Um, I had been to Sergeant Major Academy, and I had to reenlist to get promoted to Sergeant Major, and I had to go to a line unit. Um, there's there's not you know Sergeant Majors in in the Special Forces unit. Um, there's not. You know, there's one sergeant major in a ranger, ranger battalion, and ranger regiment. I felt like, you know, my military time was done. My my dad owned a business here. He wanted me to come back and take over the business. I didn't like the fact that I woke up one morning and realized that my daughter Brittany, I didn't even know her. Yeah, I, I really didn't. I felt like I felt bad about that that I wasn't being the dad. And my decision was to get out. And um, so uh, my my. Data my my DD two fourteen says I got out in two thousand one. Okay, so wow. fully sixteen years total. Holy cow! So, um, That's but a you got to remember it. So for four years of that was in active reserves. I did spend some time in the National Guard here in Gillette after I got out active duty. Um, National Guard was not my thing. Um, Love the National Guard. It's just that going from the line of work I did in the regular Army to the National Guard, it was really hard transition. You know, it'd be, it'd be like taking a, an army ranger and say, okay, now you're going to go be in the Air Force, right? It's, yeah. The transition is just really <laughs> difficult to, you know, um, the, our National Guard has some great troops. Our mayor right now is a National Guardman, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he, I worked with Eric Hansen. Yeah, and, and Eric, you know, he's he's can tell you a lot about the National Guard. Yeah. And builds a lot of good people there, too. A lot of good people in our Guard, but just wasn't my bag. Yeah. So, um, yeah, military life is... I credit with with all my what I consider my successes in life. So well, that's good. We appreciate your service. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, what are some of your goals for the future? Well, I'll tell you. So we talked about this a little bit. I'm gonna be, I'm not going to be a politician. Yep. I don't have higher aspirations for doing bigger and better things there. I think my time served. I like local government, right? I, I've had... I had a lady call me that was an heir to the Rockefeller fortune that wanted me to run for this Cheney seat. Oh, really? And was going to finance me to do that. And I said, I, I would be a, like a fish out of water in Washington, D.C. I wouldn't be affected because I would be, you know, nobody would listen to me and people wouldn't work with me because I just can't play that game. Yeah. Right? Local politics and, and local type government is, I think, is a great thing. You can really affect what happens here. Well, I think your local and state is probably the most important aspects of government than, than anything else. I agree with that. Federal 100%. government, I think, is has its place, and I think the federal government's outgrown its place. And I think we need to really focus on our state and local to protect us from what's coming down. Yep, yep. And I, I'll tell you what. So um, go Harriet Hageman. That's all I can tell you. Right. Because we we got we got to get Liz Cheney out. She's anti-Wyoming. Oh, she, she's from Virginia, so there's she, that. She she does not fight for the people of this state, and and I I know her well. I've rubbed shoulders with her in politics, and as an individual, I have nothing against Liz Cheney, but she does not fight for Wyoming. Yeah, not at all. I agree. She's uh, well, that we have an, on our other podcast. We'll drink to that. Mike has had the the pleasure of my rants about Liz Cheney and a few other. Congress people that we have. That's not even from. Well, when you can invite me on the other podcast, you said that's a little raunchier. Oh, I'm it, good with that. It, I'm it, good it, with that. We'll, we'll we'll plan that one next. Okay. I just okay. really wanted to get you on this one because you are such a cornerstone of this community that I think it's really important for people to hear your perspective, your your life, and why has made you who you are. And something like this on a podcast like this, I think that really allows you to shine and people to really understand the man that you are. Sure, well, I appreciate it. I do. You know, and um, that's like the same thing I told Shay. Uh, I tried getting a hold of his uh, competitor, Nathan, whatever his name is. Yeah. But he never reached back out to me, so that's his loss, not ours. Yeah, I, you know, I, I always tell people, you, your job, if you're running for a, a, the mayor of Gillette or any other political seat in Gillette, your job is to get out and talk to the people. I don't care if they're the people you think you don't agree with. We, we've lost that in society where we feel like, Kyle, you know me pretty good. I'm not scared yeah. to talk to anybody. Oh, yeah. I, I just will. I, th I think they, you know, people need to know who I am and what I'm about, and I appreciate who they are and what they're about. And see, we've lost that in the society altogether. Is that We have. If you disagree with me, you're a, you're a Nazi, and if you disagree with me, you're a, a snowflake. And I, th yeah. I think that has done more damage to our culture and our society than a lot of things. I'll tell you what, I get, my political life, I get called a bigot and a racist all the time, mm -hmm. right? And I, people don't realize I've, you know, me and my wife are foster parents here yep. for 17 years. We had 71 kids. And two of those kids we raised from when they were young until they were out of high school. And those kids were black kids. Yep. I'm not a racist at all. I Color skin means nothing to me. Well, that's right. just something they can say to make themselves feel better. I, I I tell people all the time, when you call me a name, you've lost the argument. Exactly. So, and, you know, and unfortunately, there's so many keyboard warriors now because of social media that it's it's hard to have a conversation with anybody. Like it is. I absolutely hate texting. I, I think texting is the devil. Like my wife, she'll sit there and text me when she's mad at me, and I'm like, eh, I'll deal with this when we're face to face. Sorry. 
Yeah. You know, and I think that's taken away so many consequences for people. Uh, cell phones in general. Yeah. Um, I see kids all the time. We just had a family reunion last week, and a couple of kids that were our family reunion spent the entire time on their phones, four days. And I'm like, we, those kids don't know how to actually play. They don't actually know how to communicate. They're stuck in this world of whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I, that's retarding our children. Exactly. It is. Well, there's actually a study that was done uh, not too long ago about the correlation of when social media came out and the cell phone being as advanced as it is to the decreasing of population. The I believe pe- you. Pe- people don't know how to interact with one another. Guys don't know how to go sit there and, and courtship a female. They don't know how to. It's just. And porn leads a lot to that, too. You know, the, the increase of people watching porn has right. really had a dramatic effect on. Yeah, and dating, right? Yeah. So dating, what's this app that's out there that um, my son was actually telling me about it. It's an app that you get on that's not TikTok, but it's... Uh, Tinder? Tinder, Okay. right? That They think that's dating, right? That's not dating. You know, yeah, that it's, it's not. That's hookup app, right? And you, you hit it in the nail right on the head. You don't know how to court a woman. You don't know how to treat a woman the way a woman should be treated. And be a man. You know, and I think that leads into a lot, like, guys, me and Mike's age, we're both uh, in the mid-30s, and we both have boys, and he has a, little, he has a daughter, but it, it's a huge responsibility on Mike and I to, tr- to raise our boys to be men. Like, I always tell my kids, I'm not here to be your best friend. I will love you unconditionally, but I'm here to raise you to be a man. That's absolutely more, right. Less. You know, and there's... I get a lot of flack for that because people say, oh, you're too hard on your kids. Well, my dad was one of the hardest people to, to love, but he made me into one hell of a man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That, that's your job as a dad. Exactly. Right. And, I, and unfortunately, I think we've lost that meaning of, of a dad in society. We're supposed, dads are supposed to be, you know, the, the soft, cuddly ones. I, I, I don't believe in that. I believe dads are supposed to be the hard, supposed to be the cornerstone of that family. We've lost a nuclear family, and it's all because fathers are not allowed to be dad's fathers, right. to be the cornerstone of the family. Well, that's right. And, you know, I'll say society right now, and we've all heard it's social engineering of our kids. It's yep. happening. Yeah. It is Hardcore. happening. Yeah, I, I uh, went, took, the, took the good fight on about with my ex-wife about my oldest having TikTok. I'm like, eh, that's not a good idea. That is a bad idea. I lost that one, but you win some, you lose some. Yeah, that's right. It's exactly right. So, uh, so what what is your favorite thing about Gillette, Campbell County? Oh man, the people. Yeah, honestly, um, I Campbell County's got some amazing people. Um, I look at people. I'm I'm the type of guy that doesn't hate anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't hate you because of any reason. I always look at somebody I've never met as somebody I want to meet and. Um, you know, find out who they are, what they're about. My wife hates it because one thing as a, as a politician, a commissioner, I can't go to a restaurant or something without people wanting to come up and visit. Yep. That's right down my wheelhouse because I love to visit with people. My wife hates it. <laughs> like, God, we, you know, we can't go anywhere. I, but I'm a social guy like that. Yep. I like to talk to people. And I ask a lot of questions of people I've never met. Mm-hmm. You know, I... So we, we, I was just out at the Camplex earlier, you know, a lot of people coming in from all these states for the National High School Finals Rodeo. And the first person in line, because I guess that's a big deal, who's the number one person in line to be ch- signed in first? Oh, really? Well, it's Miss Texas, right? Rodeo <laughs> queen. 
beautiful young lady. I start asking her questions of, you know, you know, why you're here, what do you think about nationals, what do you think about Gillette, all these things. And the newspaper guys are standing there from the news record looking at me, why are you asking all these questions? Just what I do, right? Because you're curious. You I'm know. curious. And see, my little sister, she, did, uh, she was in the high school rodeo finals twice, back to back, all three times. And she was here for the two times that Gillette had it, and then she was whatever, I think it was uh, somewhere in Oklahoma for, the, for her last one. Oh, yeah. But anyways, that, I mean, that, the, the variety of people you get from an event like that really does wonders for communities. Like it, it does. And, and I, I'm personally, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm not a cowboy and never mm -hmm. been, but I'm really intrigued by those people. Most of them are good red blooded Americans. Mm -hmm. They know how to raise their kids. Their kids are. They have values. Have values. Their kids don't run around our community causing problems. They're just a, they're God fearing people. Yep. I, I'm taken with that. I, I just, I'm drawn to it. Well, you know that slogan that the University of Wyoming came out with, we need more cowboys? I think the world really does. I do, too. I cowboys. agree with that. Like, uh, when I laid my grandpa rest two years ago, it was one of the guys that was there. He's known him most of his life. And he said, we just lost, Wyoming just lost one of its final cowboys because Grandpa Jack was the epitome of what it means to be a cowboy. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Governor Gordon is a cowboy. Yeah. He is. I mean, he has lived on a ranch his whole life. And... And he's got some beautiful properties over along the Bighorns, and they're ranches. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so anyway. Well, I, it's, I think more of like uh, the slogan of rolling these more cowboys, I think it's our, our way of life. Yeah, it is. It's right. It's, right. it's exactly right. Like, uh, we're not afraid to take shit from people, but we're also willing to sit back and listen and not jump to conclusions. We're willing to see our fellow neighbor struggling and offer a helping hand. We're willing to, when a car's stuck, we're willing to get out in the freezing cold and push them out of, out of being stuck. Yeah. It's stuff like that. Bending over, picking up a piece of trash. It's on, it's on the sidewalk, but it's not your job, but you're going to do it because it's, that's your community. Right. This is your hometown, and you take pride in it. Right. And uh, another thing I love about this community, I guess, is twofold. We have more veterans in Wyoming per capita than any, any other state. Mm -hmm. We have more veterans in Camel County than any other county in Wyoming. We also have more guns per capita than any other state. And, you know, I take pride in that. I think this is, this is the American way of life. Mm -hmm. Call it old school. Call it what you will. But this is what my parents knew when they were kids. They brought me up in this environment, and I look forward to bringing my kids up in it, and I have. Oh, me too. My, my boys are 12 and 8. So we're just now getting into that stage where I'm going to start teaching you guys a little bit of our heritage and what, Absolutely. what it means. You know, I don't, get a, I don't get to get out and take them fishing as much as I want or all right. that stuff, but, man, I sure try as much as I possibly can. Yeah, and, and the window's short in Wyoming if you want oh. unless you like ice fishing, which I'm not really into that, but nah. going to the mountains and fishing those streams is you can't beat it. No, that's probably the most peaceful, peaceful place on earth, yeah. the most prettiest place. That's... Uh, we had my bachelor party up there in the mountains up by Metal Arc. And, man, I just would wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and just take off with my fly rod and just listen to God. Amen. Yep. I was, that's a, the Bighorns are a special place. And, I, unfortunately, more people, there's not enough people that understand the, the beauty of it. They right. just go up there for the weekend to a camp and trash it, and off they go. We're not yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. That gets under my skin. Oh, man. <laughs> we, we've... Uh, Hell, even around the fishing lake, when we walk around the fishing lake, it's, come on, guys, just pick up the, pick up the pocket. Yeah, really. You know? Really. But, you know, it, it all starts with you as an individual to make the changes that you want. 
you know, and that's kind of, you know, another reason why I want to start this podcast because I believe that there's, I have enough of a will and a drive to want to make changes through doing a podcast and getting it out and start making it, growing it and making it bigger and bigger to where I can influence thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. And I think as soon as you start influencing those kind of numbers is when we're starting seeing a dramatic change. Absolutely. And not just in this community, but Buffalo, Sheridan, Jackson, Fort Collins, Denver, Arkansas, Alaska, it doesn't matter. Yep. You know, right. We've got some listeners on our other podcasts that are, we got them all over the world now. We're in South America, Germany, France. Uh, we've got quite a few here in Wyoming. There's a bunch in California, which is weird because we're, <laughs> it, it gets, it gets, we went on a rant, uh, I went on a rant about the whole uh, Roe versus Ray, and I, I figured we'd drop off pretty hard, but that's actually one of our most downloaded podcasts. Sure. So, well, I'll tell you what. So, you know, the, one of my favorite sayings that I've ever heard is the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is when good men do nothing. Exactly. Get off your ass and do something to help your community, your state, your country, and, and live what you believe, right? Not what somebody else wants you to be. And that all goes back to leadership, wanting That's to be right. a leader. That's right. And right now we need a lot more leaders, homegrown leaders, not people that we vote for, but people that are willing to stand up and be the man, be the, be the woman, be what they expect everybody else to be. I agree. Well, Dell, it was a really good pleasure having you on our podcast. We'll have Appreciate to it. definitely have to have you on again. We'll get you on our other podcast. Okay, I'm that's, all for it. That's more of a late afternoon, late evening. Some, uh, I got some 15-year-old scotch that we kind of, kind of sip on. And we, <laughs> we get to drinking pretty good. Hey, I'm okay with that too. And afterwards, we'll smoke a cigar. Yeah, then, then I can call an Uber. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> <They're not short. laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure, Dell. Thank you. Okay, I much. appreciate it.